This is Let's See What Happens, a free-form discussion to talk about anything and everything. If you don't want to be offended, don't listen. If you do want to be offended, there's a good chance you will be. I hope you like this one. Let's see what happens. All right, so um, uh, I got my buddy Bert here joining me. Thanks for coming, buddy. It's early as shit, 5.30 a.m. This is by far the earliest one we've done, but uh, it's also first time we've been drinking beer at 5.30 in the morning, so sure. you know, it's, a, it's a good day. But uh, I, I had this saying in college that I used to say, if you start drinking before noon, it's going to be a good day. But if you start drinking before 9, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> so that's good. But... Uh, yeah, so before, when Bert first got here, we were talking about, I just got back from uh, Georgia, uh, took like a family vacation up there, and my aunt lives up in Alpharetta. It was gorgeous. I was like, I seriously was like, okay, I can move to Georgia. I used to always think like, oh, I'll live in Florida forever, and now I'm like, yeah, I could, li- I could live in Georgia. That cool weather and the, just the woods, like actually being able to walk into the woods rather than down here where it's just a straight up like... Swamp. jungle yeah, yeah swamp and there's just nothing you can't even make your way into the woods in most places it's so annoying but it is what it is freaking uh we're back now uh i did get to train up there freaking one time at a uh, gracie baja place oh so that nice. was kind of cool yeah it was it was a good setup uh there there was like uh i think the morning that i only went the one morning uh there were like four four other guys there i think so it wasn't a big class but it was funny like you could tell the just the difference in that the fact that they had like literally a mounted space heater above the mats at the beginning to like get get kind of heat up the bit. mats a little bit because it was like I think it was like thirty eight degrees it was freezing but let me kick on this light real quick so it's a little brighter but uh, so uh, Bert. Uh, where are you from, buddy? That's that's usually how I ask most people, where are you from? Yeah, um, I grew up in Maine. Um, man, we had a town that was had one stoplight. Uh, grew up pretty, basically poor, you know? Yeah. We, we uh, I remember get, we went from like an old beat up trailer <laughs> to a new trailer. Then finally a house as I got older, but yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. It was, uh. It gave me incentive to get some work done. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. For sure, that's, yeah. That's funny you say that that specifically because my aunt that we just went and visited, she's, she does, she's done pretty well for herself. She used to sell insurance and stuff. and uh, But she's retired now. But, like, she said to me when we were visiting, uh, she goes, oh, yeah, because growing up I was, we were poor. And she goes, I just, I never wanted to be poor again. Like I, she goes, it may, she goes, I think a lot of people lack that now. It yeah, definitely gives you some real drive. Yeah. Right. I used to panic, uh, you know, I, we always had to hunt, you know, and cut wood and all that. And I had mm-hmm. like, I'll never forget this, some of the stuff, like uh, two pairs of jeans. Mm. And I was so afraid that kids at school would know I wore those jeans like once already, you know? Yeah. So in, at being boys, you always tear them and you always leave a mark or a stain. Oh, yeah. So, you know, people know that you get that. No, and I probably had like three shirts, so I was like, "Yeah, I had a lot of incentive to get a job fast." Oh, jeez! Yeah. So when did you get your first job then? Well, I always worked. We always uh, yeah, but like your first real job, when do you think that was? Well, I worked all through high school. So, what do you mean, like? 
full-time yeah like a like a paid job that wasn't from your parents or like a family like you just went and you like actually like okay i'm gonna go find somewhere to work and like you got an actual job from someone else that you didn't yeah you know what i mean that wasn't like yeah okay. well I, I worked at farms and hay yeah. in summers and we sold hay you know oh okay you know did some of that stuff but well that's kind of good then because like i know a lot of country folks whatever you want to call them country people they they work like for somebody that's just, they know them. They're their neighbor. Or they're what you know what I mean. And yeah, we do, did that it's, too. It's just manual labor. Like yeah. there's no, there's no question about like if you're gonna have it. Like if you, it's not about finding work. It's about where. Like you just choose where you're gonna go basically and bust your ass. You know. That's so. true. Yeah, it doesn't make you complain about you know, out there putting your gardens in and you kind of appreciate that stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I know we've discussed before the whole the kid thing, like the. Because, again, I was having this discussion with my aunt where it's like, I just wonder if, because, like, you obviously don't want your kids to feel that way. Like what you just said, like being worried about someone realizing that they're wearing the same shirt that they wore two days ago or whatever, you know. And, but then the thing is, too, is like, that's what made you who you are. Like, that's, so it's weird. Like, you don't want your kids to suffer, but you also, I don't know, you you don't want to just hand them everything either. Yeah, right now we're pretty much handing our kids everything. <laughs> right. My wife and I have this discussion daily. Um, right. Are we killing our kids, you know, too much game and too much uh, not getting after it, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, that screen time, man. That screen time's a brutal thing. I, I got to tell you, though, I feel a little guilty sometimes because I'd be lying if I said I don't use it to my advantage sometimes, too, where I'm like, here, just watch a movie on your iPad, each of them having their own screen. That's the sad part is it's like... It's not just like before where you turn on TV and you hope there's cartoons on for the kids to watch. No, like it's it's like here's your iPad. You pick whatever. You, there's Netflix. There's Hulu. There's Disney Plus. You watch whatever the hell you want. And I'm gonna go grab a workout real quick, or I'm gonna or I'm gonna sit and watch something I want to watch. Yeah, you know what I mean. Time, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the difference between where how we grew up without it. Like we'd be out of the house. We'd give our parents some alone time, some mm. time to be parents. You know, be who or, they are. Or make make more siblings. Exactly, <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, the kids are in the house because that's where the PCs are, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever device they're using. Right. I just, I don't know. How do you, but like, I've discussed it with my wife too. Is like, sometimes it's like, how do you get away from it? Because like, I don't want, like I said, I don't want my kid to ever be like, worried about where their next meal's coming from. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they, and they, trust me, they're not, they're, I want a snack. I want this. They're wasting it. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want them to feel that. And not that I, I didn't feel that growing up. Like I was lucky enough that like, I was never, and I don't know if it ever was a concern of my parents, but I don't think it was, but like, I was never like, I wasn't missing meals. You know what I mean? So like, I can't say that I ever felt that, but I also can say that I do feel like, there's something to be said for kids that have felt that they're definitely, they're definitely harder. They're definitely like a harder character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, they've suffered a little bit and actually had to see some, see some shit and do some shit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how to fix that. Though. Yeah. One of the things I'm, I'm having an issue with right now is, um, should I be forcing my kids to do sports? Mm. Because I was such a, I mean, it wasn't a sport I didn't do. Right. Accelerate but it. you didn't have anything else to distract you. Right. You know what I mean? Like you like you said, you were either working or doing a sport. 
you know? So it, I, I just wonder if, like, that would be different if you were in their shoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, having the other distractions. But, but I see these par- parents forcing their kids to do sports, and the kids are miserable, and I'm worried about right. that side of it, too. So Well, you know, and maybe this is just selfish of me, but I see it as I see so many of these parents, they're maybe not even forcing their kids to do sports, but it's now taken over their lives. Like, they are traveling, like my one buddy, and he lo- he loves it. Like, he doesn't care, or he doesn't seem to care. Sometimes he does, because he's got to get up at 4 in the morning on a Sunday to drive three hours to a softball tournament. But it's like, it literally, they're they're going all weekend. You know what I mean? And, all, and like, okay, we can either drive the two hours there, and then drive the two hours back, or we have to pay for a hotel. And pay. You know what I mean? So it's like... It literally becomes their whole weekend right. is softball or fill in the blank, baseball, basketball. Like it, it's every sport now, too. It's right. not like, I mean, our other friends, soccer. Soccer is their world. Like they, everything revolves around soccer. I mean, we have another friend that their kids recently, BMX. They're doing the BMX tracks. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things where it's, it's like taking over any and all of their what would be their free time right. and uh there's these uh parents that uh my wife knows that uh go to the well the daughter like takes a dance class and the son does something but they literally were like no we're not doing that anymore they can each do a thing but it's not gonna interfere with the rest of our lives like forever you know and it my wife was because my wife was telling me about she's like isn't that messed up like she's really like the little girl she's really good dancer and the little boy i guess was really good at baseball but they didn't want to do like the travel baseball stuff and so like i think now he just does the one league that's near their house and that's it Mm -hmm. and she goes isn't that kind of like selfish and i go is it like to is it selfish to be like Hey, no, you like you said, you got to do sports growing up. I bet a lot of the times you had to get yourself there and get yourself home. Always, yeah. Yeah, like you weren't, you weren't like mom, dad, be my chauffeur like it is now. Wow. You know, so, dude, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, like you said, you don't want to force them and then they resent you. Right. So. It's tough. I'm waiting. My oldest is twelve, so I'm waiting to see if he snaps out of it. If the kids get him interested. Mm. But I think eventually I have to say something and, and motivate them. Right. You know. Well, some of it might come down to like just literally being at school around, you know, kids that are also doing it. Like kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you hate to think of it this way, but I forget what it is. But the friends do influence kids a lot more than the parents do nowadays. And hopefully the right way. But yeah. Dang. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I can tell you right now, doing football in high school yeah, we got in a lot of trouble, but we get, we were kept out of a lot of trouble by doing football. Not because like, oh, you're a football player, you get away with it. More like we were just, we were at practice. We were at weightlifting. We were at games. Like we... And after practice, you were too tired. To right, yeah. Well, <laughs> after practice, I went to work. Yeah. I literally would leave practice. I had to, I'd, dry, I'd shower and I'd go to work most nights. And I mean, I, I wouldn't get home till nine or 10 o'clock. And then... Not like I really did the homework, but if there was homework, I tried to, you know, I have to do some homework. And that's, that's the other thing about doing the sports. Like Sarah, she's saying these girls, they come in, they do the dance. They're there till nine or 10 o'clock, you know, 
most of them are there. They get done at like eight thirty or nine, at the latest, I think. And then, but then they got to go home, and you know, they get home, they eat. It's what? It's nine o'clock, nine thirty, and some of these kids they have freaking two, three hours of homework to do, and it's like, what do we do? I mean, we know sleep is paramount for anybody, but especially kids. Like, what do we? I I don't know. I think this whole COVID thing though has definitely shown us that uh, in general, uh, and not to knock on. This isn't a knock on teachers by any means, but definitely the way we do school currently, like publics, it is not the right way. Because like they're, these kids are at school for seven hours and then they still have two or three hours of homework to do. Like it, that doesn't register to me at all. Part of that's caused by, um, was the FSA, the state test. Mm-hmm. And they have to get, they have to, they grade them, I think, in like A, B schools type of thing. Yeah. And that depends. I think that's related to how much money they get from, from, from how much help they get from the state. Right. So if you're an A school, you're going to get more help because you, more quality type of thing. And yeah. So they're pushing these kids. Um, I mean, they even practice for this test. I mean, oh, so yeah. they get good grades on well, it. Well, that was one of the reasons that Sarah really got kind of turned off by, because she was a teacher for, I think, like seven years. And she just kind of got... That's what she went to school for. And she really started getting turned off by it in general because she was like, what the, like that she was very good about, she would try to teach to each kid because every kid's at a different level and different things. Like some kids may be great at math and not great at reading or what vice versa, but she tried to help each kid at the level they were at, but it was getting to where they were turning that test into the benchmark or you know, grade mark level of, hey, the kid has to perform at this level or your class has to perform at this level in order for you to get a raise. And it was like, well, if that's the case, then we're only going to teach the test stuff. And the reality is, as I'm sure you've seen with your kids, some of that stuff doesn't even, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I was, I was growing up, like, going through school, I was very lucky that I didn't really have to I never really tried real hard. I just, I kind of got it. It was fine. It wasn't a big struggle until I got to college and I was kind of like, this sucks. Like I actually have to do stuff. But uh, going through school, I didn't, I didn't, I don't really remember struggling too much, but I always remembered kids. I always thought it was funny, especially for history. People, kids, why do we got to know this? It's his, and I was like, cause I was big and I liked history, but I was always like, what do you care? we're here anyways. Just learn it. Like, what do you, like, why are you, like, do you think your bitching about it is actually going to make them just be like, you know what, you're right. Don't worry about learning about Greek mythology or exactly. whatever. You know, it's like, well, no, they're not going to change it because you bitched about it that day. Like, it's, oh, it's Tuesday. Uh, Jimmy doesn't want to fucking learn Greek mythology. We're going to change it today for Jimmy. So I tell my boys all the time, like, it's not going away. You have to go through school. Yeah, you just so do get it, it done. Like, yeah, and I think that that being said, though, I definitely think we should, like, collectively try to look. I, and I like again, as much as this COVID shit has been annoying and pain in the ass, I think that it showed a lot of people that had to like homeschool their kids or virtual school their kids. Though, man, we could get this done so much quicker. Like. We could squeeze in. I mean, we're literally like, especially when my wife and my oldest are like on the same page. 
they can get done with all her schoolwork for the day and then some in like three hours. Right. Like just three hours, they knock. I mean, they won't start till nine. So they have time to, and that's the other thing. She wakes up. It's not like, get up, get dressed. Not a deadline. Teeth brushed. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Out the door. Here we go. You know, it's boom, boom, boom. And it's like, you wonder why these kids, especially my kids, it's like, you wonder why they have anxiety and they're stressed out. It's like, because they're already being, <laughs> and it's like, I'm not saying that they're not going to have to deal with that in life, but how about we set it up to where it's like, hey, uh, you have till nine, you know, we're starting at nine. Get what needs done, done. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather set a deadline like that rather than, Hey, you have to be at the school at 7.30 a.m. because that's the time they designated because the buses run at that time. And, like, we, that means we have to get you up at 6. You know, hopefully yeah. you got enough sleep. Let's hurry up. Let's snap through. And then it's, like, it's stressful for everybody, though. Like, it was stressful for everyone about me and my wife and, like, getting up and then driving and doing all. And, like, I'll tell you what, man. We never, we had always said, especially when my wife was a teacher, like, we're never going to do the homeschool thing. And now we're, like... Now my wife's like, I think I'm going to have to do the homeschool thing for all of them. Right. You know? And she goes, and again, not for, maybe not forever, but at least for a little while. Right now, right. Especially with what's going on right I now. I think um, some of this homeschooling, though, you have to have the right personality to, to even do that. Um, oh, for sure. Because I sat there when everybody got kicked out of school last season, uh, and I was doing my son's homework, and... I'm just a get it done type of person, you know, and I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to teach them and trying to be patient. Before I know it, I'm doing all the work. I'm doing the report. I'm doing right. whatever needs to be done. Right. And he's sitting there waiting for me to get done so he can game, you know, so you got to have the right personality to be a home school teacher, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And on top of that, though, is like, I'm sure you doing this stuff, you realized, well, you told me the one time you were like, I don't remember half of this stuff. Like you were having to relearn it. And it's like, again, that kind of goes back to, okay, so what are we, what are we teaching these kids? So, okay. So let me, what'd you use, what'd you used to do, Bert? Like, what was your, you became a contractor, right? Like you were. That, I became a contractor later. Um, I originally took off being a, a automotive technician. Okay. And I was, um, I did extremely well at that. I was really talented in that part of it. Yeah. But just my wife thought like my crazy, uh, you know, get it done, back to the get it done, yeah. like moving fast, getting things done, all, you know, hyperness, whatever you call it. Um, she's like, you know, move on, use your other talents. So then the contracting came in. Okay. So but uh, contracting was something I always did, you know, being on the farm. I was going to say, you're probably used to having to fix things and build things. And yeah, do, never stops. Yeah. Never and stops. especially if you can do it yourself, it ultimately saves you a ton of money. As right. I Learn being a homeowner and not knowing how to do anything. It's like, son of a bitch, I got I got to call somebody or ask somebody or, you know, pay somebody to do something that I don't know how to do. But uh, so like that being said, as a contractor, I imagine like you're exposed to a lot. I mean, building, just building anything. You have certain things that you need to know how to do. And, you know, I mean, I'm talking down to a tape measure and using math to know how different sizes and measurements and all that stuff and it's like the reality is is like do you think that you would have probably never need to know calculus you know what never. i mean like you, there's there's arguments yeah. that can be made obviously for people that do need to know that but Very my, I yeah and my thing was when i and that, i think that's why i got so turned off to 
when I was in college. Like I was in like my last year of college and I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to do that. I was going to school for business management and I was taking a trigonometry class. How, why? Like what, at what, in what world? Like I'm not taking business management for rocket science. Right. I'm taking business management, you know, major and I'm taking trigonometry. Like at what point do we go? Yeah, the, you just want my money. Just charge me more for the classes I actually need. Or I'll just give you the money and you can give me the piece of paper that says I fucking did it. Because it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that. And you're probably going to learn, you kids are still pretty young, but the math that my 12-year-old's doing is insane. I don't even think I had it at the high school level. Right. It's crazy. And um, I'd be a firm believer in, in teach kids life skills, you know. You, obviously, you need to, you know, we're English, so you need the English language, you know, you need to know how to deal with that. But this math, why can't we apply it to, like, learning how the stock market works? Right. Well, or um, how to do a checkbook. You know, I mean, you know what my wife did? The, so she did this because they were struggling for a little bit there with the homeschool thing. They were just button heads. Because, again, my wife's so conditioned to the public school system. Like, she was so like, hey, we do this, and then we do this, and then we do this, and, like, and I guess she called it, they call it, what is it called? Unschooling. When you first start homeschool, you almost have to do like, they recommend like a month or two of like, don't do any of that crap. You just let them ride it out, almost like a summer break. And then you bring them back in the way you want to do it sort of thing. We couldn't do that. Not with my oldest. She would have been, it would have been like starting from day one in a bad way. Not in a like, oh, okay, we can do this the right way. Uh, but, uh, she did, they took a couple weeks off and she like, she literally, some of the stuff that they started doing though, was like, uh, cooking measure. Like they bought, she bought her a cookbook, like a kid's cookbook, you know, it was like a Disney princess cookbook, but it was like, you pick anything in there, I'll get the ingredients. We're going to make it. But she had her doing like, you know, cups and half cups and tablespoons and teaspoons. And like, she goes, you should have seen it. By the second time we were doing a recipe, we couldn't find a, uh, what was it, a, a tablespoon anywhere, a teaspoon or whatever it was. And, and my oldest was like, well, hang on a second. We have a half one. I think we can get there because they needed like four tablespoons. She's like, we nice. have a half a teaspoon. If we do, and she was like trying to figure it out. And again, it was like math that's actually applicable to life. Like, hey, this is what we need to use it for. And I was like blown away by that. I was like, see, That's it, clever, yeah. it can work. It's just how you present it a lot of times. Make and, it fun, right? Yeah. And, or make it realistic to them. I mean, how many times in school did you have a word problem where they're like, Billy had four apples and he gave Johnny two and he took one. How many apples? And you're like, I understand what they're trying to do. But the reality is, is if someone put in front of you, like, here, Bert, here's four Oreos. And I'm going to take two of these Oreos for myself. Like, how many Oreos you got left? You know what I mean? Like, right. as opposed to reading it and actually seeing it and being involved in it. And same thing with even freaking, imagine if someone is like, hey, this car needs four quarts of oil. You only have three quarts. How many, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's way more ways I feel like you could apply it to real life than just going, okay, like, here's a word problem and... I don't know. I uh, who was I talking to the other day that they were talking about uh, 
um, they were from up north too, and I'm sure you had it. But shop class. Yeah. Yeah, we still had it was uh, we had home ec and we had uh, it was wood shop when I was still you know up north in Indiana before I moved down here. But uh, yeah, it was like oh these things like some of those home ec things I still remember. Like I mean I you should have seen my wife's face the first time I sewed something in front of her. Like just like a needle and thread, and I sewed something on. She's like, "How did you know to do that?" And I was like, "Home ec, like that was home ec, and I still know how to do it." You know, yeah. give me a sewing machine, I could show you something too. You know, probably not real, not on these new sewing machines. Those things are like iRobot style, but I'm I'm just saying, like that sort of stuff is way more useful. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. It just brought back a memory. Um, when I was young, I was the only child, so I'd get like stuck with my grandmother. And yeah, I had the sewing, the knitting, the crocheting. I did oh, it all. Yeah. And I was good at it. That's you know? funny. My mom used to do cross stitch and my grandma used to do the uh, uh, the crocheting, right? That was with the, the, the needles. Single the, needle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, no, no. What's the other one with the... Knitting, the, two needles. The knittings. The knitting. She used to do knitting. She used to knit stuff. And I was always like... It made no sense. Like when you're watching it, it doesn't make any sense. Because she's just going. And she's not even looking half right. the time. And they're just, they're just knitting away. And you're like, what the... That talk about a lost skill right there. Old school. Right? Oh my god! I don't know of anybody that does that anymore. Do they even sell yarn yeah. anymore? Yeah. Well, I know they still sell yarn because my uh, my wife's grandma she still buys yarn and stuff, but uh, she she doesn't really do it anymore because her fingers she right. can't. But she used to stitch stuff for um, she used to sew stuff for uh, Ringling Circus because cool. she grew up in Venice. Yeah, she used to make like the the clown outfits and stuff like that. She used to do all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, she could, I remember in high school too, she she sewed up a few things for me and hemmed, you know, hemmed some stuff and all that. It is, it's a loss. I mean, it's a very lot. My wife was saying the other day how she wishes she could, she had gotten with her grandma before her grandma was, I mean, her grandma's 94 now. And like, she can't really do it anymore because her fingers are just, you know, arthritic and stuff. But she's like, man, I wish I had done that because She's paying an arm and a leg for these, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, dance outfits. Mm -hmm. And she's like, so many of these I could make. She's like, I know if I, like, because some of them it's, you buy the, it's like a one size fits all sort of thing. And then you hem it sort of thing. So it's not like a, she's not like cutting fabric and all that. It's just, you got to hem it in the right spots. And she's like, the amount I have to pay to do that, as opposed to me just doing it, you know? Right. Excuse me, jeez. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I uh, I don't know. Lost skills, but whatever. I freaking uh, so. I was gonna ask you, how long have you been training jujitsu, Bert? Jujitsu. Uh, this is going on my eighth year. Mm. And you're a purple belt right now, right? Purple belt, yes. Purple belt. Two All stripes. Right. Two stripes. God dang. So how did you get into jujitsu? Oh, my son. I, my son um, had trouble paying no. attention. No. Um, so I figured, you know, I knew nothing about martial arts. I didn't know one from the other. I actually went to a different gym. The guy was kind of a dick to me uh, because I wore shoes when I walked through the door. Like, I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know, right. you know. It's kind of like, take your shoes off. I'm like, see you, buddy. Mm. I don't need your attitude. And I saw Tony outside uh, that owns, you know, Pete. GMA and uh, talked to him and he's a nice guy obviously as he is yeah and uh, I started my son up 
Tony begged me for a solid year to try it. And I'm like, you know, a bunch of herniated discs in my neck and my lower back. And I'm like, that's not the sport for me. <laughs> Even though I like all sports, that, that's just not going to work. And right. It's the best thing I've ever done for my back. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, I think it really does keep you young. Like, mm. it keeps you, keeps you... I mean, shoot, look at Fair. He's what, 74. It's going to be 74, yeah. And, like, the sad part is, is it's not his... Uh, I hate. I don't know how to say. It. It's not like his physical body. It's. I mean, he has the heart condition, but it's not like. I mean, yeah, he's seventy four, so he's obviously not as strong. But I'm just saying, in general, it's he still moves. Like I hope I can move like that at forty. He can stay you know? alive. That's you yeah. Know, I mean, he could defend himself a long time down there. With oh, no oxygen or right. To and on he's just. But yeah, and I mean, he's got his ailments. His fingers are a little jacked up, and you know, his one shoulder's messed up. I mean. It, but I tell people all the time, I go, man, I would much rather have done everything I wanted to do and be all jacked up yeah. than like, oh, I'm the, I, I'm really, which I don't know how you would stay super healthy if you don't do anything. You know that's what I mean? Like you right? have that, to, you key. have to do something. You got to stay active. I think the only people that maybe don't ever suffer major injuries are just like swimmers non-competitive swimmers that just swim maybe because they don't really have impact. Yeah. But I would imagine even like, I guarantee you like Michael Phelps has had an injury. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Like when you're competing at that level, you still strain something or pull something because yeah. you're doing other exercises to help you Strength. be better at yeah. your, yeah, to be better at your, but again, like I really do think that like doing that, Doing the jiu-jitsu keeps you young. He started, uh, Ferris started at 48, the same as I did. So he started late also. Yeah. You know, but then crazy. again, when he was 48, there wasn't a gym on every corner. You know, That's they had, true. They had garage gyms. Oh, yeah. And very few of them. Yeah, and uh, they were definitely not uh, kept to the same standard of cleanliness that we... Uh, we see now today, man. I've I've trained into some dirty places. I How I've... You know, knock on wood, how I've never gotten staff, I do not know. I mean, I've had ringworm quite a few times, but no, no staff, thankfully. But, man, I remember uh, So one of the guys when I trained at uh, GT, at Gracie Tampa North up there, uh, Marcus Jones. You remember him? He was on the UFC show. He was on the, the Ultimate Fighter show. Yeah. Uh, used to, I mean, he played for the Bucks and I think the Giants and stuff, like he was a football player. And uh, nicest guy in the world. Nicest guy in the world. Like, but he he was so big. And, like, because especially when he first started, he had a lot of weight on him to lose. And he lost it. And he got shred. I mean, you want to talk about natural athlete. Just yeah. shredded rip. Dude had to be, like, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and when he would, I mean, he would, like, go to give you that, that bro hug where he'd, like, slap your hand and pull you in. And I mean, you felt like you put your hand inside two frying pans. Like it was that big. And he'd pull you in. And I mean, he was so big and trained so hard, but he sweat. He sweat so bad and stuff. He would go through like multiple, multiple shirts while he was training. And uh, it was like training though, like on a slip and slide with him. Because yeah, it was kind of like me. Yeah. He, <laughs> I, I, he I would give it. you a run for your money for sure. But yeah. he, he one time, I guess... What they think it was, he had to get staff cut out of his back because he like, what they think happened is he drove a Hummer 
too, like one of those big H2 bullshit Hummers. And, uh, but I guess he was like leaving the gym and they think the way he got it was, uh, because he always was wearing a shirt or a rash guard or something. They think he probably dried off and then draped the towel over the seat and like sat on it without a shirt on and had like a little pimple or something that he got in and got it. But he had to get like a chunk cut out of his back. Whoa. And it was like just in a weird spot that was like, how would this have happened? You know, and they, they do. They think it was because of like, he was trying to stay covered and trying not to, you know, contaminate things that he, it was like a cross-contamination thing that they don't even think he got it direct off the mat. They think it was more from a towel that he used because he was so nasty, <laughs> nasty, sweaty. But uh, yeah, that, dude, that staff is no joke. Yeah, I've been lucky. I, even all the farming and, and, you know, like, people used to get like ringworms from a farming mm-hmm. and I never had anything ever. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm just... You're just a higher level of individual. You know, you're better than dirty farmer. Yeah, you're just better. You're better than all of us. You know, you used to you know play in the the shit ditches and stuff. For sure, it just gave you that immunity. But uh, (laughs) some of the stuff we used to swim in, man. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Out there in Maine, god dang. How how long ago did you come to Florida? Man, I don't know the exact date, but let me think. It was probably three or four years before my oldest son. So. Probably right around 16 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I still have a lovely bit. accent. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a hard thing to lose when you've been up there that long. What brought you to Florida? Uh, my parents moved to Northport. Um, but that wasn't what really brought us out here. We, uh, we bought a, a property over in uh, Punagua, the Isles. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, we lucked out. It happened to be like a corner lot on a canal. And it was a commercial and residential area. And this huge apartment, con- whatever it is, like condo system went up. Mm-hmm. And they did, they needed more seawall for dockage. So we had them by the nuts. We had the, next, <laughs> we had the most seawall. Oh, okay. And a huge chunk of money. We made so much money on that place. Really? And, uh, we just, let's, let's go down and... And you had just like luckily bought that place. Like, it was kind of like a luck thing that you guys ended up there? Well, we were visiting my parents one time, and we were yeah. driving around, and we're like, we're boaters. We were big time. Like, I lived on in the ocean back home. Like, okay. If I wasn't working, I was fishing. Really? Um, well, one of the sports I was doing at the time, but... Yeah. We are big time boaters, so we are like, eh, when we retire, we'll use this little canal a lot to get out to the ocean, and, and not knowing anything, how bad it stinks to get from there to the ocean. I mean, <laughs> it's a uh, 300 Well, yeah, in Florida, boats. it's a little different. You could be anywhere and almost get in, get to the ocean from somewhere in Florida. You've got time. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're willing to take the time. So that's basically what happened. We bought, we bought it, and uh, we we're going to retire there someday, thinking, you know, ahead. And uh, the guy needed it, and then we decided, like, hey, let's go out there and flip some houses for a while. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, hey. Whatever, I mean, it's got to be better than the freaking main winters. I can't imagine what the winters are like up there. Man, even the ocean. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, the ocean at its warmest might hit 68, 70. Wow. And, and that's like the hottest of the hot. Right. Like, you're normally swimming in the ocean, low 60s. Oof. And you come Not out of me. there. Not this guy. Uh-uh. <laughs> and that's all you got, buddy. <laughs> you I'm come a, out of there, you can't feel a thing. Well, and you know, that's funny. They say, though, that uh, there's a lot of, um, like I've heard 
uh, Jocko and the and you know some of the special forces guys talk about Jocko's how, from Maine. Yeah, yeah, how a lot of the a lot of like the SEAL type community is from like that New Hampshire, Maine, like New England, like up there where it's cold and just they're just a used to it. Yeah, they're a but they're a little bit like a a hardier type person because they've just been. Most of them are generations of generations of just being miserable in the cold, and they're so used to it that so they, they don't know anything different. So they yeah. take them out to California and have them in the Pacific, just in the doing the, and they're like, "Yeah, this sucks," but I mean, I'm used to it. the water sucking, and that's not a big change. That's so, amazing. yeah, that's crazy, man. Ugh, ugh. I think about how I've been thinking about turning on the pool heater here lately, and it's been the water's been like. I think I think the pool was like seventy six the other day, and I was like, oh, I'm about ready to turn on that pool heater. Yeah, my son's a native, so uh, this is real winter to them. Oh yeah, they're suffering. They wouldn't swim even with the heater. Oh jeez. See, we I remember when we first moved down here, I was making fun of people of kids like in the winter time for wearing like hooded sweatshirts and jeans, right. and I was I'm in shorts and a t shirt. I'm like, this is awesome, but by the next winter. I was the first one in a hoodie because I think it just, I think it's true. Some, it thins out your blood a little bit. I think some people, they can keep it, you know, like they'll still, they'll do it almost in, uh, what's the right word? Almost to like spite. They're like, nah, I'm, I'm always going to be from Maine. I'm never going to be cold right. in Florida. But, but dude, I'll tell you what. There's something that happens down here where it just, it thinned me right out. I think the cold down here is different, too. Because I remember even when we were just in Georgia, the cold up there at 38 is way different than 38 down here because I think it has to do with the moisture in the, the air. Humidity, yeah, probably. Yeah, it like, yeah. seems to, like, cut through you. Because there's been nights where I'm working and I'm like, I mean, it's like 42. And I'm like, I don't want to get out of the truck because my I, I'm like, I'm frozen. Like I'm part of it is the amount of weather changes. Like, it, oh, so drastic. We go from like ninety to forty is a big change. Oh, but back yeah. home, like your days are sixties, your nights are sixties. Right. It doesn't. It kind of keeps you there. Yeah, that's true. You no, know, I was telling my kids uh, yesterday actually. Um, we put up the Christmas tree and we we're talking about winter and um. I was like, we used to run a house heater between sixty five and sixty eight. Oh wow! So <laughs> we were snugly warm at that temperature. Right. Yeah. That's so funny because like. So what do you keep your what do you keep your AC at then? There's no AC back home. No, no, I'm talking about down here, like when you run the AC. Man, my AC has been broke for ten years. We we oh, our windows are always open. <laughs> oh shit! Well, see, there you go. That's that's probably hardening up the boys a little bit. Nah, they have uh, the guest house has AC, so oh, they're not shit. afraid to sleep over there. They, they, the guest house. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, see, there we go. We go right back to the whole like not hardening the kids. They stay in the guest house. Well, there is a guest house. Right. They uh, that is their house. We might be bad parents for it, but that's, <laughs> that's where they go. Oh God, I can't imagine though. It's got to cut down on the the mess in the regular house. Nah. No. You know what? I, that's one thing I did wrong. Um, I do everything. I'm still dressing my youngest son. I mean, oh, I've done everything for them and pick up after them. And I don't know why I, I oh, just see, do it. That, you know what, though, is like, I feel you because my wife a lot of times will just be like, let them do it themselves. Sort of thing. Like, she's pretty good about, she'll do it where she'll 
they'll get home from dance on like say the nights that I'm not here or whatever, and if she has all of them, she'll send the oldest one in with the twin into the shower. Like, hey, you soap them up. Like, you do it, sort of thing. Nice. And I am so I, maybe it's the control freak in me a little bit, but I'm kind of I'm like, yeah, but they're gonna do it wrong, and then they're not clean. There you and go. And then it's like, but then and then you wonder why we can't get a hairbrush through their hair. Which, again, dad of daughters, but I'm like, I know now, because I've been yelled at enough times, that like, hey, if you're going to shampoo their hair, you need to put conditioner in it too, or you're not going to get the hairbrush through it. You might as well not even wash their hair. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, how would I know? My hair's never been longer than an inch or two. Like, I have no idea about that stuff. So, I, man, I totally get why, you know, freaking these parents do kind of do that where it's like it's just easier for me to do it because I've, I've gotten a lot better I, I lost my shit this is shortly before we left for Georgia and I again me showing my bad dad but I, I've lost it on the twins they're, which they're four <laughs> I get it but it's like how many times do I have to say when you take clothes off they go in the dirty clothes hamper like there's one in the room they don't even have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just it, it's in your closet where you took the clothes off to put your jammies on. Like, just put them in. Like, and they're literally laying on the floor next to the man. And again, maybe it's some of my OCD, but it drives me fucking bonkers. Like, just put it in the hamper. And I mean, I lost it. I was like, you're not even, we're not going to Georgia anymore. I mean, I'm just losing my mind on these four-year-olds mm-hmm. and I feel like such a piece of shit afterwards. But I'm also like, I want you to be a functional member of, yes, eventually society. But like, I'm, listen, I don't want to think about my little girls having to get married and have a husband. So, but I would also like to think that they're not going to be a slob. You know what I mean? Like whether they're living with a roommate or a freaking boyfriend or a yep. husband or whatever. It's like, Clean up after yourself, scumbag. Like, yeah. don't be a scumbag. Well, like, say, saying all that, and my wife's the worst. She she's just as bad as the kids, and I don't I don't know what it is. It's just where she like that's how they grew up. Yeah. And I've just been taking care of her and the kids all the same. She just drop her clothes on wherever she is. Yeah. Whatever. Paint her nails. The, the nail the stuff will stay out. And I, it's you know I could. Well, I would say we could go upstairs right now and I could show you my wife's nail polish sitting out right now. But I cleaned it up the other day. I, I moved it yesterday. Right. and uh, But yeah, she does it. And I tell her that sometimes. I go, I go, babe, why do you think they think it's okay to leave clothes laying around? You do it. Like, you leave your clothes laying around. And she did. She's going to hate me. Man, when she edits this. She's going to edit that photo. Yeah, she's going to be mad. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, though, is she's so organized on other things. Like, that's what blows my mind is I'm like, anything regarding the school, the classroom, or like even when she used to do the teaching thing, she was freaking, I mean, meticulous. Things were, I mean, even even when we were in high school together, she would rewrite notes that she took so they looked neater. Wow. When she does, When she does the classroom in here, I mean, things are alphabetized, colorized, whatever, you know, just everything is meticulously done. But it's like, just laundry on the on the clean. And granted, it's almost always clean laundry. Right. 
but it's like we get it through the, the, the washing and the drying process and makes it upstairs. And then we, the other day I was giving her shit because, uh, she was like, before we left for Georgia, she's like, just so you know, the chase is going to be like where I start stacking the, you know, our stuff for the trip and stuff. And I go, what chase? Cause we have a chase in our bedroom. I go, what chase? And she goes, the chase in our bedroom. And I go, we have a chase in our bedroom? I've never, I, I don't think I've seen that thing since we fucking moved it up there. Right. Because it's just always got her clothes all sure. over it and just laundry baskets and stuff. And again, it's like a catch-all, you know? And I'm just like, what? you know, I mean, I, and I say it all the time to my, especially my oldest. She's getting a little better about it. But uh, when they ask me, where's this? Where's that? And it's theirs. Right. And I'm like, what's the biggest one for me is shoes. And they're like, where's my shoes? How would I know? <laughs> I don't wear your shoes. I go, when was the last time I asked you where my shoes were? You know, when was the last time I asked you where my keys were? Because, again, I love you, honey, but that woman can lose some keys. And we have like a key hook thing in there that literally the only room she can walk through without passing it is the laundry room. And yet she'll lose her keys and I put one of those carabiner clips on it. So I'm like, just clip it to your pants, clip it to your purse, clip it to your bag, clip it to whatever you got. You can clip right. it wherever, but I can't tell you how many, and she's gotten a lot better about hanging them on the hook, but it was like, it's literally, it's like, again, that's one of my things is like, that's where that goes. That's where I put it. I never, I'm never like, Hmm, I wonder where my keys are. You know, I, I don't, yeah, I don't lose, lose those. Things. Yeah. Right. Like. Uh, yeah, so I change. I, I do laundry, I do the cook, I do everything pretty much. And um, I used to put all my wife's laundry, like her jeans and stuff, um, in drawers. Mm-hmm. So she she used to, like, if she wanted the jeans that were on the bottom, throw everything on the floor to get to the bottom and leave it there. <laughs> Clean clothes. So I'm like, years ago, I'm like, everything's going on hangers. That way she can see. And I tell my kids, everything's on hangers. <laughs> everything. But... You know the underwear or whatever, but right, it made it a lot easier and, and less headache. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've been saying for a little while too. Uh, the when we so when we went to Georgia, I did not pack well at all because <laughs> like I packed the few like warm clothes that I had, but not like I have a bunch of jackets and stuff, but I only have like. Besides work pants, I only have like a couple pairs of jeans, a couple pairs of other pants, you know, and I only brought like two, I think three pairs of pants and I don't, you, dude, I was right back to you as a kid. I wore the same ones for a couple <laughs> days, you know, just because I was like, no, I'm not going to be freezing to, you know, survive. But I only brought one jacket and I think like the three, three of the four long sleeve shirts I brought I brought for working out in when I go for a run early in the morning. Right. So it was like, I ended up wearing like my workout long sleeve shirts just to be worn during the day. You know what I mean? Because I just did not pack accordingly, but it made me realize how badly I need to gut my closet. Cause there's so many clothes in there that I never, and it's just like an accumulation of clothes that they're just piled there. You know, I got, well, I got like, uh, like I got the shelves that run around the whole inside of the closet that are literally, those are all like my work clothes and workout clothes. Cause I don't care if they're 
just folded and stacked. Right. But then I got all these shirts hanging that it's like, man, I haven't worn some of these short shirts in years. It's like, what am I doing here? Like, what? Why do I? Why do I have all these clothes? I wear the same freaking five things, oh, over and over because of for work. I, you know, I have a uniform. I don't have right. to worry about having work clothes. So, excuse me, but yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of silly because I need to do it. But it's one of those things also where I'm like, I, I've gone to do it before, and I'm like, well, yeah, especially nicer shirts. I have like some nice dresses up shirts, and mm-hmm. I don't get dressed up ever. Right. But it is nice when you do to be like, oh, okay, I have this shirt. You know what I mean? Because I've told my wife before, I go, it's sad. I go, but she goes through like clothes and shoes, like, you know, like any woman normally does. Like they accumulate and then they also like. They don't well, want to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, they'll <laughs> cycle through, you know, oh, this isn't in style or this doesn't fit anymore. No. Listen, my clothes have like a lifetime warranty of once I have them. I have them until they're so holy like that, like my wife basically yells at me to throw it out. Right. I have, I have shirts up there from high school, like that are just, they're workout shirts now. You know what I mean? They slowly retire and it just like my shoes, like they retire to from, okay, these were the shoes that I, these were my nice shoes. Oh, okay. Now these are my workout shoes. Oh, okay. Now these are my like lawn mowing shoes, you know, that sort of thing to where, they just they they have a cycle until they're eventually so worn through that okay now I I have to get rid of them. Yeah, I just realized I I had a uh, you know I've been doing the plumbing in my house. Well, I haven't yeah. had water to my washer in a little while, probably about a month now. So I've been doing my uh, laundry in a laundromat, which I kind of like because <laughs> you can get it all done in one shot. One shot. But I didn't realize how much gym clothes I go through. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because, you know, some days I'm at the gym three times a day. I was going to say, you're there all the time. I can't even imagine. Well, and that's one of the things, too, that kills me about people that do the gi all the time. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I can't even. It's such a pain because you got to, like, hang. At least me, Same I hang that. dry it. I can't even invite you to my new gym because uh, it's all gi. You wouldn't love it. Oh, it's all gi? It's all gi. Really? Real, real Brazilians. Oh, boo. Unless you really can suffer through a day. But <laughs> the big It'd boys. It'd be like starting over. It'd be like starting yeah. over, man. And they're all, like I said, I was the lowest belt there, so. Really? The big boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. Did I tell you I got choked out? Yeah, you said a judo, judo guy? Judo guy got me, yeah. Oh, shit. How embarrassing. How, so like, uh, you said they're all higher belts, are they all older guys, or like? Nah, they're probably more your age. Um, there was really? A, there was one guy my age, maybe two, but no, but mostly younger. I mean, they're competitors, so they're hungry. Nice. Well, I'm thinking, I think I told you the other day that competition that my buddy sent me in, I think it's in May. It's not till May. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Robin. Yeah. That'll be, I think that could be a lot of fun. I want to look up some more stuff about it to see how the weight classes vary and stuff like that. Because, dude. You like might want to shed a little weight. Oh, that. I'm going <laughs> to have to. I'm freaking, you'd be fighting me. Dude, I, I know. I was, uh, was freaking 197 this morning. That's, that's fat awesome. Dude. No, it's not awesome. <laughs> it's because I went to Georgia. I, I ate anything and everything, and I freaking drank like a fish. Like, I just, it was not good. It was not good. And I'm feeling, the thing is, though, is I don't feel, like, I went for a run the last couple of days, and usually when I'm heavier, my my knees really are like, fuck you, Whoa. you know, like, stop doing I didn't really notice it as much. So maybe I'm not holding the weight as much Fat as I thought, maybe some of it has actually lean muscle there. Maybe some of it's turned. Do you feel uh, stronger muscle. when you're heavier? 
Um, I would say in jujitsu, not really. But when I'm doing weights, yes. Right. But yeah, yeah no, not really. Not really for jujitsu. I think it's because my game is a lot more quickness. Speed. Like, yeah, it kind of, and, and not that I necessarily feel slow, but I don't think the strength cancels out the not as quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like they're kind of, they start to equal out rather than one's better than the other sort right. of thing. So, but I'm also so, I'll tell you what, I think that week off, I mean, minus that one day that I went and trained, and I really felt it too that day was uh, my shoulder, my one that I was hurting. It, uh, I think taking that time off, it really made me better because last, this past week, I only trained, I think I trained mon- Monday up in Sarasota. Okay. But uh, that was it. I was going to go Wednesday and then uh, uh, basically, well, I'm, you know, wife promised me if I didn't go, I'd get some morning sex. So I, uh, I stayed, you know, Perfect so yeah, good. yeah. That's only I mean, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of hard. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. That still takes priority. So sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, I think that was the only time I trained this past week. And I think that was the only time I trained jujitsu. I mean, I still worked out every day, but that was like the, except Except Thanksgiving. I didn't work out on Thanksgiving like a slob. Because we stayed in... I worked out Wednesday. I got up and I uh, I think I did a run and a bike ride Wednesday. But then that day, that afternoon, we went up and we went to Topgolf with a couple friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a hotel up there because we knew we were going to be drinking stuff. And uh, we... Dude, we played top golf. We did golf and have you ever been there to yeah. top golf? It's like a driving range, but you can play games because like it score. They there's like microchips in the ball, so like it knows when you hit and like it places your ball and it gives you a yeah. score and stuff. It's pretty. It's kind of cool. It's super expensive, but like luckily my cousin's a manager there. He kind of gave me the hookup, but uh, well not at that one, but at another one. But he hooked us up, and uh, but man, dude, we we played for like three hours. And I'll tell you what, my hands are still a little, <laughs> like, they feel like I just did a, a couple gi classes. Because, right. like, they're just tender from holding that clutch. Because it's not, something, it's not a, something I normally do. I used to get it in the lats when I stopped golfing. Oh, really? Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, probably because you were swinging better than me. Because I, I, I don't know. I was just like, oh, man. But me and the girls cashed out pretty quick on, you know, being that interested in it. But right. me and my buddy were just going hit for hit, you know, just trying to beat each other. And it was, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. But again, one of those things, everything turns into a cop, like it's it's already competitive because it's a game, but then it's even more competition to where we got to where it was like, because there's a timer on there for keeping track of how much time you have left. And we got to where we had like, uh, because the one time we did, so we did like the first, whatever it was, like two hours or whatever. And then uh, there was like 15 minutes left and I asked if we wanted to keep going. We were kind of in the middle of the game. So we're like, yeah, we'll keep going. Well, shoot, to buy another hour was like 50 bucks. And Whoa. we freaking, we kept it going. No, and we kept it going. Well, then as it was coming down to the end on that one, we're like racing to try to get through as many rounds as we can before the timer clicked. And I mean, literally, it was, it was like a two-minute warning in uh, football yeah. where my buddy's hitting his last like five strokes like in a row and uh 
I only had like a minute 30 to get off, uh, I think like five or six shots. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun, man. We always have fun making it real competitive, but yeah, I, uh, it was, it was great, but that was, I think it was good to have kind of that week of a little less wear and tear on my shoulder, maybe let it heal up. They say it's needed. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you? So when I was in Georgia, uh, my wife for my birthday, she got me like a massage, like a, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, um, Swedish massage where it was relaxing. This lady that my aunt and her boyfriend have had for like ever, she comes to the house and she's like a, she's like almost like a physical therapist. And it's like deep tissue times 10 to where it was like a workout, bro. Like I, there was no relaxing. I'm like, she's like, breathe through it, breathe through it. She's working my feet. And I'm like, like just like, I, I, it sounded like I was about to have a baby, you know, I was, you know, but, uh, she was, uh, she was good, but she gave me a lot of like instruction on different stretches and stuff that I could be doing on my own and like how I could clean up like some of the issues I'm having with. She said that that scar that I got from my spleen, when I ruptured my spleen, Mm -hmm. she said that like, she actually, she spent a ton of time on my ribs. Because she said that like that scar is actually the uh, scar tissue was starting to form around my rib cage, and she was actually having to like break it up and stuff. Wow! And uh, but then the other thing was she's on my right side. You remember a while back when my chest was bothering yeah. me and stuff? She's working on my right side, and all of a sudden she goes, "Did you break your ribs recently?" And I said, "I go, uh, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I hurt. I think I hurt the stuff in between." She goes, "They feel like they were at least cracked." or bruised pretty bad and i was like oh okay (laughs) so i I go oh not like anything i could have done for it anyways and she goes well you could have not done jujitsu while you were had broken ribs and i was like yeah that's true but yeah she was she got to my right side and she was working that side and she's like she goes did you she goes did you break a rib you she she said ribs recently and she was like digging down in them and stuff and it was like so she must have felt something that felt like you know what I mean, and she's been doing she's been doing what she does for like twenty eight years. So like, nice. she's this little skinny scrawny. I mean, she was probably in her mid to late fifties, and she was just this Pause. just little little woman that just hurt me so bad, and just no, I was just like, oh my gosh, you're killing me, yeah. like, and she would she just breathe. Breathe, breathe, and like, oh my God, it hurt so bad, but it was good. Yeah, those are my favorite. If I have tears coming out of my eyes, those are the ones I like. (laughs) You know, you can barely get off the bench, you're so tired, so beat up, but Mm -hmm. three, four days later, Mm -hmm. new person. Oh yeah, it was like a workout, you know? It was like having a workout, but you gonna keep nursing that one? You gonna have another? Just finish. Good Lord. Thank you. Yeah. And then this... The mic, you can actually, you can turn these and, like, if you need to turn the mic or whatever, so. I'm still figuring it out, too. This is the first time I've used this table. This table's, like, uh, it was our old pool table, like, or our table out by the pool. Yeah. And uh, it's just been sitting over there on my trailer, because I've been, like, ah, I should get rid of it. But I was kind of like, ah, it might be a kind of nice podcast table, except for it being metal. But I just covered it, so it doesn't make as much noise, but... It's a good size. I just don't want to leave it in the garage all the time, though, either. It's up your space. Yeah. As you can see, I almost got, we almost got all the Christmas stuff put up and put away. I just got to put those, 
back upstairs. But yeah, look at all these freaking bikes. Got all these freaking bikes out here, and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so annoying. He's they that's, just that's one thing about living in Florida. Um, man, you have to take care of your space because there's not much. Back right. home, we have you know basements, attics. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, my I told my wife that uh, I said, listen, after Christmas, I want to gut the attic. I was up there moving stuff around, and I'm seeing stuff like all the way back in there that I'm like, why do we have that? that? <laughs> like, what is that? Like, I go, I don't even remember putting that up here. Like, was that here when we moved in? Because, like, we're obviously never, ever going to use it. We've been here, shit, we've been here 10 years now. Yeah, I think 10 years. And it's like, obviously, I don't know what that is. We're never going to use it again, you know. It's not, I mean, you really did the, the Christmas decorations and the, you know, the decorations is all you really need up there because half that stuff, I know I got a bin up there of like yearbooks and stuff and it's like, for what? Right. Like, when, for what? Like, when yeah. am I ever going to look at those again? That's so old school. <laughs> well, when I die and my kids are like, oh my gosh, look, look at, at this. this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when it'll be looked at, you right, know. That's right. the soonest it'll be looked at, I'm sure. Yeah, moving um, as much as I have, my theory is if I got to put it away somewhere, it's got to go. Right. You know? It's because not a, dude, I'm not opposed to the minimalist sort of thing. That, that lifestyle very much appeals to me in a lot of ways. It does to me also. I'm yeah. like, oh, let's just get rid of this stuff. I've had a few big houses in, uh, the bigger it is, the more crap you fill, fill it with. And, uh, yep. you don't know what to do with it. Right. And the problem is too, is like, sometimes you'll catch yourself, you're just getting it to fill the space like we've got so we've got two couches in the living room and a chair and so the one couch and chair are like a matching set and the other couch we had gotten from home shortly after we moved in because we went dude we when we moved into this house because it was so it's a two-story and i mean it's like it's not huge i mean 2200 square feet but when we first moved we didn't have any kids and both of our parents were like why do you need such a big house and now we have, like, we're out of room yeah, now. Know, right. But when we first moved in, we only had a couch and a recliner, and we put those in the loft upstairs. And we didn't, we didn't have furniture downstairs in our living room for, I want to say, almost six to eight months after we moved in, like, before we got the... And the, fir- the one of the first couches we got was donated to us from a friend. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was like... But we just... And we didn't even have a kitchen table. We literally, we would make our food and we would go upstairs to the loft and sit in front of the TV and eat our food like a, you know, a poor young married couple that you know, had just bought a house that like, oh, we don't have anything to fill this space. But uh, my wife's saying like she wants to get a new uh, like sectional, big sectional for downstairs. And I'm like, but I go, but we have couches. Like, well, again, this goes back to the clothes things where they, things come in and out of style. While as me, I'm like, we have it. It's not broken. It's not tore up. Like, it's fine. Let's just keep it. And she's like, yeah. we, need, we need a section. We need a big sectional on this. It all sit together, right? Yeah. That's my just, wife's theory. I'm just like, why? why? You know? But, yeah. hey, it is what it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that my wife is never going to edit this for me now once she hears me bitching about all this <laughs> shit. Right? She goes, you just keep throwing me under the bus. See if I'm going to do anything for you. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I just think it's funny that, like you said, though, if you're going to store it, 
what in a lot of cases it's like what for it's almost like all this freaking spare wood i have though like tucked in back in there you just i don't want to get rid of it because i'm like you know that one day you're gonna need that one you're gonna need that one piece that one spare piece for a project that you're like oh i got that and then you realize you threw it away two weeks ago and you're like son of a bitch you know i've been burning because we're getting ready to eventually move out of this Punagota house. Yeah. And, um, I have all kinds of cedar and stuff in my wood shop. Because mm. I built my own cabinets and everything. And uh, I've been just burning it. And, like, I almost want to cry a little bit. Because like, <laughs> wood is so expensive in Florida. Oh. Like, it's extreme. Is it just in Florida that it's expensive like that? I haven't or? been back home in a while. But when I first moved out here, I was like, yeah, shit's expensive. Well, you're a little closer to the materials up there probably, You know what's huh? really expensive out here also? And I only get it from my... Uh, Mother-in-law is uh, prostitution. Oh. Well, that too. <laughs> but the food's really expensive out here compared to back home. Really? Yeah. Huh. In the grocery stores, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, she I've, complains every time. Really? I've heard that uh, the one one place that my some buddies I used to have said that was like they noticed a big difference, which it makes sense why it would be, but like Hawaii, I guess, is super expensive for like like a gallon of milk, even like. 10 years ago it was like seven bucks for a gallon of milk it's yeah. like jeez yeah if you live there you gotta make everything out of macadamia nuts I guess <laughs> we, which we pay a fortune for here right dang but uh, so I had uh, I had I had written down a couple questions because I wanted to ask you some stuff but uh, kind of we're kind of getting back to the jujitsu what uh, what do you think if you had to put your like Okay, this is all I'm going to do from now on. Would it be gi or no gi? Man, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I really like the gi because I, I was just telling, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I was just t- realizing recently that when it comes to the gi, I like to choke. I'm a big fan of choking yeah, we and tying people up. This, yeah. yeah. And with no gi, I'm into the shoulder arm locks, more into, right. into that. So, I don't know. The gi's a pretty good tool. I mean, people it slows people down at it really fast. Um, oh, I know. It gives you a lot of, <laughs> lot of, lot more submissions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess if I had to go one way or the other, and I, I mean, I kind of like tradition, and and traditionally it was a gi sport. So right, I'd lean that way. I guess if I was a younger man, no. Like yourself, no gi. Yeah. Use the speed. I, I, and you know, maybe it is partially because I don't do it as much or hardly at all anymore, but I just always feel like I got hurt more in the gi. And it wasn't major injuries. It was more like fingers a lot of times. Uh, sometimes the, you know, just the way the, the, the gi would scrape it. You'd get the, you know, the gi rashes and the gi burns and it, I, I, did, I did, though. I did just feel kind of like maybe sometimes the gi had a little more, you know, nicks and dings than the no-gi mm. sometimes. The, the Obviously, I think the no-gi sometimes you end up with the bigger injuries because you're slippery. So sometimes, like, you're pushing and you tweak something weird and someone else is pushing and they tweak something weird at the exact same time and then it really hurts something. But... Uh, yeah, I, I think you have to think... To, well, I would think... Because actually that kid just got hurt because of the gi, but you you know how like when people wear loose t-shirts and no gi, and oh, you get your hands and your knuckles oh, caught in them? That. 
hate the geese kind of that. Yeah, you, know, you can get your foot caught in the pants or the jacket. Right, and if you're rolling with someone that either a doesn't care or b doesn't realize it, they're the ones that end up hurting you. That's right. the that's right. the crappy part. Yeah, is because I, well, my buddy Richard that comes in the brown belt guy that mm. he rolls in a t-shirt a lot of times, and I hate it. Yeah. I just I hate it because I do. I snag my toe or I snag a, a finger or. Even sometimes, even when he's just on me and it's like you're breathing in that sweaty t-shirt, it's, which again, you know, that's partially probably the reason some of those guys do that is just a nasty uh, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, screw with their opponent. But like, I don't know. I just, I. Well, you when, know what it is when you're sweaty too, the, the cotton will stick to you. Right. Stick to you. Oh, so yeah. That's part of getting caught in it besides yeah. being loose. I just, I don't know. I, I think because... Now I've been doing the nogi so long, uh, and especially with the line of work that I'm in, the functionality of the nogi is more applicable. Because the reality is, if you can get something in nogi, you can get it in gi. You know what I mean? For the most part. Yeah. There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot more opportunity with the gi because it opens up more stuff for you. But um, I think you would recognize that. You know, you can use someone's T-shirt and choke oh. them with it because you know the yeah. concept of the game. Right. And the my biggest argument to – not argument or I guess should be my biggest thing for saying being pro-gi in some ways is I tell people, I go, just learning the more so the defense in the gi is mm. huge, especially Good for point. like my job because, yeah, you may not – you may be fighting a naked guy. But if, God forbid, he does know some jujitsu, and he freaking grabs a hold of your... I mean, especially... I mean, you look at these polyester uniforms. It's a gi. It's a gi top. You <laughs> yeah, know? they don't and, rip, right? <laughs> yeah, and they don't rip. And goddamn, if they catch on fire, they're going to melt right into your skin, too. It's the most idiotic design ever made. Like, it's the most unfunctional uniform design ever. Like, why... Everyone isn't in BDUs and like a dry fit shirt like what I wear. That's what I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to get to wear that and it's most benefit. But I'll tell you what, even for like when I was back in like regular patrol, like just searching a car, like the functionality of like wearing polyester and stuff. Oh God, it's so uncomfortable and hot and you can't bend as good and move around. It, it's just annoying, you know, while it's like BDUs and a dry fit, hey, I mean, I think everything should be dry fit if you ask me. But. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, some of the dry fit we have is, and once it get, but once it gets that odor, man, I can beat that, dude. I, dude, I, <laughs> you know what? I, did I tell you about that stuff? I got a buddy on the team recommended it for me. Uh, what's it called? Not Rolling Green. That's the beer. Rocking Green. Rocking Green. It's like a powder. Order it on Amazon and like you sprinkle it in, and it's gotten rid of the. It's really killed that odor. Because I did, I got that, that bin right there. It's got the baking soda and the vinegar in it. Yeah. Dude, that didn't seem to even make a dent in my shit. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And I soaked it for hours. I've been using just... uh, the borax lately because my kid wanted to make slime. Mm. And uh, that's been working really well with really? me. Really? Okay. But my clothes don't normally, unless someone smells... Because I wash my stuff instantly. I don't let it get dried. If you, well, I've been better about that. Ever since you said that to me, I've been a lot better about that. Where I come home and I just throw it right in the wash and start it. Before but uh, I, that, that, that rock and green stuff, it's good if you let it soak for a little bit. Like you pour some in. And so I'll kick on the washer and let it, and let it do the whole yeah, yeah. and shake it up. And then I stop it. 
Right. And so it's soaking as it's already been agitated and then it sits in there and it really seems to have, if not kicked completely, it's really knocked down the odor of some of the, you know, the older stuff that I have that's, and that's, pro- that's probably part of my problem too, is like some of those, some of that gear I have, I've had it for a long time and it's like, but again, it holds up. Like I don't, I, I feel it's bad. Just stuff. Yeah. Like I don't want to toss it out just because it smell. it's like, man, it's still the freaking shorts that I had from like some of those sprawl shorts I've had since I started jujitsu just about, you right. know? And it's like, man, I don't want to give that up, but, uh, they're just good, solid material. Cause I'm sure you've had it too, where you have those cheapy, you know, you get a, a cheaper rash guard or a cheap, I had to throw a rash guard away the other day cause it finally tore on the elbow. Yeah. Like the long sleeve one, it finally got a, an actual tear in the elbow and then like when I washed it it like opened like up, yeah. really opened up I was like son of a bitch I've had that for and my wife's like you've had that for like eight years throw it out like so, yeah. I'm like but it, it, it was good it was a good rash guard yeah my wife's the same way she always wants to redress me I'm like that sounds good <laughs> yeah, that might not look good but it's good yeah I know <laughs> my wife says that to me my wife started saying that to me in college she's like you always dress like a 12 year old boy <laughs> you just board shorts and a t-shirt and I go I'm comfortable like I like to be cut. Like what? Who? Not to sound like a dick, but it's like, what am I dressing up for? Right. You know, like you already are stuck with me. You yeah. know, like <laughs> what do you care? I don't mind. Now that being said, I don't mind dressing up when it's like a, you know, we got to go to a wedding or whatever. Yeah, I'll dress up, but I'm not gonna dress like that all the time. That's stupid to get all nice and worry about what clothes you wearing. And so, nah, that's yeah. not me. That's not this guy. It's funny you say you're saying that. Um... One of my my youngest son like will always call me fat because my wife's <laughs> nice, my, yeah, real nice. He, he says it well. He's just a love bug, but mm-hmm. um, she's always talking about losing weight. She's like, you know, she was uh, 115 pounds the whole time I've known her, and just recently because of uh, the change of life, I guess that they go through it. Yeah, at, at, you know, they, they pull age. extra weight on, and you know, we talk about it all the time. Like it's just a matter of getting up and doing things, but you know, oh, not wow. yoga. Yoga's not going to, you know, yeah. lean you down. I right. can tell you that. But, um... You have to push yourself into uncomfortable... Yeah. That, who is it that says that all the time? Is that, uh, uh... Is that Goggins or Jocko? One I think, of them I think says it's Goggins. It. Yeah, he's like, you have to push yourself into uncomfortable in order to change. Like, exactly. oh, he's... I, I just sent you that the other day. Someone sent me a thing, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. Apparently, Goggins is doing like a 200-mile run across Florida right now. No and he just started... <laughs> well, he just start. He did it on a whim, like what? Because he was down here for something for Thanksgiving. So run home. So he's gonna just do a ton of money. Yeah, I was like, "Where's he running? I want to see this guy. I want to oh see this God. psychopath." Freaking, he's probably running up seventy five right now. You know, it's funny. Like you and I both take care of ourselves in like the fitness way, mostly. You know, I mean, we have a, a crutches, a few extra drinks, and whatever that messes <laughs> up. But yeah, a couple drinks. We work like hard at what we do. I mean, we were, I think, a little above average, uh, both of us. You're probably a lot more than me. Oh, shit. But... I don't think so. <laughs> the Says the guy is, that gets up at 3 in the morning every day to go hit the gym. Yeah, I was there this morning, actually. Yeah, I, I asked you to use you for an excuse not I, to go. <laughs> you know, fight those demons. Stuff like, yep. I gotta go, you know, talk to Ryan today. Yep. And, uh, there you go. I'm gonna blow this gym off. Nope. And I fought it, and I fought I, it, and, and I then finally you realize if you came here and I said something, you're like, oh, yeah, you missed yeah. out. And you're like, oh, pussy. You fat shame me, <laughs> which I like. I like being. Hey man, fat shaming works. Yeah. It works for the right people. Uh, I, you know what? I think even people that don't like it, if you did it to them long enough and they couldn't freaking file a lawsuit or get <laughs> HR after you, yeah, there you go. It would work. 
Yeah. Because like the reality is, is like, hey man, if you're fat, you know you're fat. Like you know if you're if you're fat, you know you're fat. Don't don't try to I, again, and I have to keep freaking throwing it back to Goggins, but even in his book, he said, like, if you look at you yourself see in the mirror, yeah, it's if huge. you, if you look at yourself in the mirror, you shouldn't say like, oh, I could use a couple hands. No, I'm fat. And I, if I really want to see a change in my life, I need to change it. Like I yeah, need to stop sure. being fucking, stop me. We'll call it whatever you want. Lazy, uh, unhealthy, um, unmotivated. There's a ton of words you can use yeah. to say. I'm fat and lazy. Like you can fill in a, there's a bunch of other words you can use. But the reality is, is if you really want it, and this goes for anything, this isn't just being about being fat. If you want to run a freaking 5k, if you want to, you know, bench more, if you want, you have to work, you have to do it. And like the only person that can do it is you. So I just, I don't, I don't love that excuse of, I got this or I got that. I got no, because just like what I knew you were coming over at five thirty this morning. I got up at four so that I could still run the dog yeah. and go for a bike ride. Like it was a shorter bike ride than I normally take, but I still did it because I mean, we're going to go to jujitsu here in a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're going to do some kickboxing, do some jujitsu. Listen, most people would think we're nuts because, Oh, Hey, these guys got up at 5.30 in the morning to do a podcast and they're drinking beer. <laughs> well, they would think that part's I started crazy. at 3, so... Yeah, well, yeah, but, I, but I'd say, yeah, exactly. You've put in some time. But I'm just saying, most people, just that statement, like, oh, you guys got up at 5.30 to do a podcast? That's stupid. Why did we do it, though? Because we both have other shit we got to get done today. And this is, this is our time to get shit done. And that's what I mean is, like, I, trust me, man, the last few weeks being off, like being in a day shift type schedule... It's going to be hard to go back to nights because like I have gotten, I literally, I wake up like a few minutes before my alarm, like, yeah. you know, whether it's 4 a.m., 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., like the latest I think I woke up the whole time I was on vacation was 7. Wow. And it was because I got up wow. every morning and I went and freaking ran. Right. I, I was running those hills. I was doing something. Went to jujitsu. The one, I mean, the one time I went to jujitsu during that week, the class started at 5.30 and it was 20 minute drive so i got up at 4 30 to make sure i had time to shit and get out the door and get there in time so i I don't love the whole the whole excuse of oh this that is i know you just go do it like just you can just say though like i i appreciate uh my brother he said to me one time i was like why don't you just go for a run he's like because i don't want to i'm lazy and i was like at least you're honest honest right like I can appreciate that much more than, oh, I got this or I got that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Everyone's got this or that. You know what's good, though, is like, you don't, like, you took all these podcasts out and stuff. You didn't realize what people struggle through to, like, get to the gym. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that, that mental game, man, is, uh, everybody battles it. You know, it's a game changer. One of the for kids sure. asked me, he goes, you know, how'd your arms get so big? I want arms like yours. I said, well, buddy, I'm, like, probably 40 years into working out at the gym. Right. You know? And I could have, I could have took the shortcut, and I decided not to early on. You know, I could have did the steroids and all that. Oh yeah. But as you see, when I do get the extra weight around my gut, my abs don't change. Like they don't turn to flab; they stay the same. Right. Because it's been natural. It's been forty years of work. Right. Well, um, sorry, we had to take a little pee break there. Um, but uh, yeah, 
Uh, Bert was just asking about having to wear vests. And, uh, you know, there's certain policies that so you don't have to, but I think most people do. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I My brother said he was picking up his girlfriend's kids the other day, and uh, the resource officer was freaking carrying an AR. Walking, really? Yeah, walking around the school with an AR. And, shoot, good. Like, I, I it, it's sad, but the reality is, is I, I forget where it is. Uh, shit. It's not uh, Iran. It's somewhere over there. Maybe it is Iran. I don't remember. But it's somewhere where, like, the teachers are required to... Because all of them have done... that. It's one of those countries where they're required to do military service. Like, every everyone at 18 is, like, required to do, I think, like, two years of military service or whatever. Yeah. But it was a picture I saw of these teachers, these female teachers, that uh, each have, like, a uh, freaking AK-47 slung across their back, and they're on, like, a school field trip. I like a zoo and it's like some of you will maybe oh well that's a little excessive they've never had a school shooting there you go you know what i mean it's like huh it's weird you know what i mean like uh you know to get into too much of like whether you know armed unarmed citizens whatever it is you know people feel differently but like the reality is is like i guarantee that that's why you don't hear about mass shootings at a gun shop or at a gun show right Everyone's got a gun. Like, people are not quite that stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, if... And I, I by no means am trying to say, like, oh, every teacher should have to carry a gun. Some people aren't comfortable with it. I think if you're going to carry a gun, you should be trained and understand it. But, uh, yeah, that I, I think it's utterly, utterly absurd to not have people in the school armed. It would probably deter a lot of these idiots... I think everybody should be on the price of a lot of headaches. It, it probably would. I think if people are going to be armed, though, they need to train. Like, that's that's my only caveat to that is I yeah. don't agree with everyone should get a gun. Well, now, I know some pretty stupid people that maybe shouldn't have a gun, but I think yeah. that if they were taught, one, the safety aspects of a gun and how to use it, then, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And, I, I mean, you're going to have those outliers that – Yes, some people are going to take it to the extreme and you're going to have guys that are in special forces and they can run and gun and do anything and everything with a firearm. And then there's the my grandma. She goes to the gun range. She tries to go, well, before COVID, she was going, you know, she would try She goes, I always try to get there once a week. And listen, do I want to take her into a gunfight? No, not necessarily. <laughs> but she but she's comfortable and you know, competent with her firearm. And, and again, probably just her firearm that right. she has, but that's, that's fine. That's great for someone that wants to conceal carry. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that, uh, it kind of, well, that not kind of bringing it back to jujitsu though, is like people, I was listening to, uh, I think I send you that one, sent you that one podcast, uh, Oh, yeah. Shit, uh, cleared hot. the cleared hot one yeah. where they were they were talking they were talking about like how, hey, some people want to pretend jujitsu is like a magic wand, and it's like, but it's not. It's it's applicable in certain circumstances, one hundred percent. But it's like, why would you not also know how to use a firearm? You know what I mean? Like, don't let them close that distance. Don't let that. If you're about to get into a literally life or death situation, and you don't have to let the and you don't have to grab the person to 
potentially end that fight or finish that fight, yes, be confident with your firearm. Be be care, comfortable with your concealed carry, your, your holster, your draw, all of that stuff. That's exactly the reason why, um, I, you know, I taught my wife how to shoot and she has her concealed because I don't want someone that close to her with a taser or, or you know, some of these guys that are messed up, as you know, can walk through a taser. Oh, but, yeah. You know, I don't want... Some I, guys literally train how to get out of a taser. Like, they know that if they drop and roll, it'll break the wires of a taser. Like, there's a video. uh, It was big there for a little while. Um, It was, uh, I can't remember what the original call was. Uh, I think it was just like a disturbance. But they went to, it was like a Walmart parking lot. And I don't know if these people were like gypsies or what they were. But you could tell that they all knew each other. They were in a very large group, and um, I think it was just two cops, but shit broke bad pretty quick, and both cops at different points tried to use their taser, and you watched different individuals drop to the ground and roll. Like, they trained. They had trained this. And, I mean, it was a full-on brawl between these cops and these people, and uh, I think more cops ended up showing up. And, again, I can't remember all the details to it. I'm sure you could find it online if you put, like, gypsy fight in a walmart you know parking lot with cops or something but like you know it because i i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly there were probably like six six individuals maybe more at this and like some of them were not necessarily involved directly in the fight but they were they were like encouraging it and trying to like you know especially once the cops were in the fight with the people they were they were helping like, you know what I mean? They weren't directly fighting the cops. But they're trying to help in any way that they can, you know? And it was a very, when you watch that, you're kind of like, these people, they knew what to do when they got taste. Like, there was no, that wasn't, yeah. a, unless they've been training a lot of, like, stop, drop, and roll because they thought they caught on fire. They knew exactly, and that's exactly what they did. Just stop, drop, roll. That was basically the momentum that got them. And again, how many times have you been in a situation where, someone like cops pulled a taser that you would even think to train that you know what i mean like that's a weird that's a weird thing to kind of have yeah yeah, to kind of have like in your arsenal so to speak so with um all these bad shootings out there you know which i don't consider any any of them that bad but does it get in your head like people getting shot for reaching their pocket for something uh uh you know what's sad and you know i I hope this doesn't come back to bite me in some other way, but I, I'll tell you right now is I feel like I'm very, I'm very lucky that uh, I get to do as much training as I do because I, I mean, I get weekly canine training. I get twice a month of SWAT training, uh, one week a year of SWAT training. Like I get, I get a lot of additional training on top of our regular training. Right. right. That being said, I think uh, I'm I'm lucky enough that 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 right there has put me in the mindset of being more ready, I guess, and being a little bit more prepared because I I do a lot of what if scenarios, either mm-hmm. on the way to a call, uh, after calls, like debrief call, like I'll debrief I'll debrief them by myself, like. Oh, what could I have done differently? What could I have done here? What would I, what would I have done if they had done this? Right. You know what I mean? I do a lot of what if scenarios. Um, I've gotten into a really good habit of 
I use people talk uh, complacency kills 100%. That's that's a fact. I've gotten to the point now where I've been doing this long enough where there's times where I get a call or I'm going to a call and I'm reading the notes on the screen and there's some where you read and go, this is bullshit. Like this is not what it's saying it is. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've conditioned myself to literally, as soon as that thought crosses my mind of this is bullshit, I go, nope, this is the one. This and I one, instantly yeah. start, I, again, I start doing that what if on my way. Okay, this is real. What if they have a gun? What if they're, what if they are wielding a machete? Like sometimes it'll, you know, it'll say something like, what, what am I going to do? Okay, here's where I'm going to park. Here's what I'm, you know, and I'm mentally doing these checklists through my mind. And again, some of that is the extra training that I did. And then some of that is literally just because people that, people that aren't on SWAT, people that aren't doing canine, people that aren't getting this extra training, they can still do that. Like they, they said, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about being lazy though, because you get complacent with this job and especially, you know, you've been doing patrol. Say you've been on patrol five, six years. I, I, most good cops will tell you, I'm talking, I'm talking 20 year vets will tell you never seen it all. Cause that, that is the one good thing about this job is you can get surprised. Yeah. The like every day you'll learn something new. Like, and sometimes it's something stupid, but sometimes you go, never seen that before, you know, and it kind of makes you chuckle to yourself, but like, that should be the kind of shit you're trying to come up with in your mind. You know what I mean? When you have downtime or like I said, after a call's over and it went fine, nothing bad happened. Those are the best ones to rehearse. Well, what if they had done this at this point? What if that guy, instead of going, yeah, I got warrants, and he turns around, and you put him in cuffs, and it's no big deal. What if he had gone, fuck you, pig, and he would pulled a knife right then? What are you doing? What is your next step? What is your next thought process? I think a lot of times when you see these videos nowadays, the person is not, the cop in general, is not so scared of what the person is going to do so much as they are so scared of what the repercussions are going to be for what they do right responding to the person Mm -hmm. because here's the reality you pull a knife on me i'm going to shoot you in the face (laughs) that i mean that's just i'm sorry you there's not a jury in the world they could try they could try to find a jury in the world but if they present all the facts and all the training accurately as they're supposed to the reality is Levels of resistance is what it's called for us. You have certain levels of resistance. You don't pull an, if you pull a knife, I don't pull a knife to try to knife fight you. Right. I go a level higher than that. Exactly. The only level higher than that is a gun, right? Right. So in reality, it's, it's, you know, you see, like you were saying, some of these people that are, oh, that was a bad shoot. That was a, listen, and I, I would welcome this to anyone that, and again, the people that are listening to my podcast aren't going to freaking care because I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here for the most part. But I would gladly, anyone that is anti-cop or anti-bad shooter, whatever you want to call it, uh, I would gladly get together with you anytime to do some sort of training where I show you how quickly distance can be closed. I'm not even talking with a knife. Just... How about, let's see if I can grab you before you can pull that gun. Great. How about that? You know what I mean? Those sort of things. And what happens is in a lot of these videos that you watch is you see these cops 
you can see them mentally going, oh, because they either reach for their taser or they reach for their gun, but they hesitate in pulling their gun maybe because they're like, should I give this guy? I mean, you see, I mean, I could pull up countless videos where they're giving these people Stop, stop, don't do that, don't do that, stop, put, drop the knife, drop the gun, whatever the case may be is, multiple, 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 multiple commands. And it's like at a certain point, they say, I mean, I remember from back in train, like when I was going through the academy, a certain point, you got to draw a line in the sand. Right. Once that line is crossed, and I'm not talking about a distance wise at that point, at some point, you've got to register, and most, most cops at a certain, and again, they're everyone everyone's at a different level because LAPD cops see way more action than the majority of the cops throughout the country. Right. But then you have that 20-year vet that's been at a pretty busy agent, and maybe he's never shot, fired his weapon. Maybe he's never even literally been close to it. But then on day, you know, 364 of his 20th year... Right. That day comes and he hesitates for a second because of this persona of like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose, I'm not just gonna lose my job and my potential retirement and pension and all that stuff. I may go to jail. Yeah. I may lose my life. Like, and that's the sad part is you see cops hesitating instead of saving their own life. And that's the saddest part is when you watch some of these videos where these cops get killed because they hesitated and some of them you hear about and like they were squared away guys they weren't they weren't like a you know a fat turd cop but you can tell mentally that either one they weren't they weren't mentally ready to do it whether it be pull the trigger pull the taser whatever it was and they underestimated their opponent which is a huge no-no but I guarantee you the majority of them, if you could ask them afterwards, whether they lived or didn't, if you could ask them, say, why do you think that was? I was worried I was going to get in trouble. I was worried I was going to get crucified after the fact by whether it was their own agency or PD or the general public that they were going to get freaking raked over the coals for ultimately saving their life. Like that's the thing is like, right. They're say yes. Are they saving their life? Yeah, they are. <laughs> like we're we're not sacrificial lambs. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's different when I'm listen, active shooter at a school. I'm a sacrificial lamb if that's what needs to happen. I will I will run in there, no vest, like run right in the line of fire. It means saving one kid. Right. That's that should be the mentality you have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to prioritize that. The, we call it the priority of life. Guess who's at the top of that priority of life? First off, if it's a, for SWAT, if it's a hostage situation, all right, it's the hostages or the innocents involved. Then you have the regular civilians, the surrounding civilians, all right? Then it's the cops. Then it's the bad guy. Bad guy is last on that list. Mm -hmm. And people need to realize, listen, if a cop, through their training and their experiences and everything, have registered that, oh my gosh, I have to, I've had to now pull my firearm and point it at someone. Anyone, you know this, as a basic gun owner, what do you point your guns at? Something you're gonna shoot. That's the only time you point your gun at something, right? Mm -hmm. So a cop, you would ultimately hope that that is their end all be all. 
that being said, more people did, more cops did jujitsu. Yeah. Would they maybe not go to their gun as quickly? Possibly. That's a, that's a distinct possibility. But I, uh, I mean, sorry, kind of a long-winded answer. But to answer your question, I don't think I'm nearly as worried about what the person is reaching for as I am about the repercussions that are going to befall me. Right. If they do pull a gun and I shoot them. Right. They pulled a gun on me and I shoot them and I still could end up being in trouble. That's the sad part. That's the scary part to me. Because I'll tell you right now, I like I said, I mentally tell myself I, I, every day, yeah. I, this could be the day. This is going to be the day. And any any first responder that doesn't go with that mindset is probably not going to necessarily be ready for that when that time comes because it literally I mean it could literally happen as I pull out pull off of my street yeah and someone runs up to me or scream it and I see something I mean it can happen like that I mean you have to be you have to be on your game all the time I mean that's why the freaking stress level for this profession is so high because right. you're you're literally running at the you're running at the peak most of the time because oh man this could be the one yeah this could be the one i think do you ever did i ever tell you the story of the guy chased me on a best buy the no. crackhead yeah i was buying a uh a watch what a what a i i watch whatever those things yeah are for my wife and uh i could see the guy was definitely on something mm. him and his girlfriend skinny dude and i could see him as i'm buying the watch like, i'm just saying i want to be in and out so I'm buying the watch. I can see him like looking at me and like, mm. like eyeing me and just like kind of like mouthing things to me. So I just kept turning away. Like I'm not trying to make any contact with this guy because right. I know he's messed up. Follows me out of the store. And the and dude, I had 150 pounds on this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just tweaking and just screaming at me like a lunatic, right? So I'm like, man. I just don't want to be involved in, like, having right. to talk to the police today about how I defended myself. <laughs> right. You know, 200-pound guy against an 80-pound guy, right? Yeah. And so I kept going to my car. Now, in my head, I'm like, man, I can just shoot him when I get to my car because now, yeah. now I'm getting starting to get aggravated. Yeah. And uh, just kept walking to him and his girlfriend both screaming at me. Like, I did nothing. Like, I didn't, I didn't even say a word to this guy. Get to my car, and finally, he, he just went away, right? He's just like, as he yelled at me as he was leaving. So this old guy, old guy comes up to me. He goes, yeah, he goes, I was going to call the police, but I really wanted you to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's, dude, that's crazy. It's scary, man. Yeah, people no. Are, because people are nuts. Now Everyone's uh, nuts. PS5 things going on, like the new PlayStation, I guess. We, we actually got oh, one for our okay. kids, but people are getting know. attacked coming out of stores with PS5s. Jeez. Attacked. Oh for a freaking game. Gosh. <laughs> That's so insane. Well, that, Walmart yesterday had... Oh, yeah, Black Friday yesterday. Probably yeah. four sheriffs and two or three, you know, local cops. Yeah, one of my buddies was working a uh, detail at Best Buy, and he goes, these morons. He goes... Yeah, he, Best Buy's where it happened to me. He sent, <laughs> he sent a picture, I think it was like 10, 11 o'clock, and he goes, these idiots are still waiting. Like, some people are... Like, they're still in line. Some of them are only getting twenty bucks off How's that of something. Thing yeah, now? well, not only yeah, well that's that was the joke that he said. Right. He goes, "Hey, some of these guys will be at your COVID detail next week to mm. another buddy," and he's like, "And it's like, I but for twenty bucks, like I don't get it. I mean, I would have never done it ever. No, it 
Oh, it's utterly ridiculous. But we might want to wrap this up because we're going to have to leave here soon. Anything you want to say about uh, jujitsu or anything else? Uh, nothing. It's just good to talk to you. Uh, yeah. It's always good. We always have good conversations. So. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you coming, buddy. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll go get some... Uh, Go get some kickboxing in, huh? Sounds good. And then do some some jits. All right, buddy. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe if you're not already. Go ahead and rate and review it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.